0: Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin.
1: Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Before I introduce our guest, just a quick reminder that selected interviews are available in our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store, as well as on TV, on the Roku channel, and Amazon Fire TV. Our app name on all platforms is The Author Show. You don't usually think of the words heartbreaking and humorous in the same sentence, but that's what I found when researching today's book. Author Chuck Agello has written A Better Heart and it's a story that will cause you to view some things in this world in a very different light. Chuck is here to tell us more. Chuck, welcome to The Author Show. Thank you, Linda. I'm happy to be here. Chuck, will you please give us a quick overview of A Better Heart? Certainly. It's about a father,
0: a son, and a capuchin monkey and their journey toward freedom and forgiveness.
1: Okay, that does sound very interesting. So the main topic of a better heart is not for the faint of heart. Why did you want to tackle the subject of animal rights?
0: Well, I've always had an interest in it for all of my adult life, and I think it's important. And I do think it had slipped a little from public consciousness In the 1990s, there seemed to be a lot of movement toward accepting some of the principles of animal rights, at least more widespread acceptance of it. But that was really not part of the public discourse over the last 10 to 15 years. And I thought it would be a good opportunity to introduce it to readers in an engaging and hopefully entertaining way.
1: Well, writing about animal rights can really be a heavy and overwhelming subject. What did you do in A Better Heart to avoid depressing your readers? Well,
0: I did two things. The first was that I tried to make it a funny book in certain parts. And to focus on the characters instead of describing what had happened to Henry, who is the capuchin monkey who was subject to animal experimentation. I do touch on it. There are a few pages that are graphic and might be disturbing to readers, but it is a few pages. I would say it's certainly less than 10. We focus on it, but it is not the singular focus of the novel.
1: Like you said, your book is in the humorous fiction category, yet you are tackling a very serious subject. Was it easy for you to combine the serious with the humor into one really good story?
0: Well, I hope so. And I guess readers would be the ultimate judge of that. I think the things that I write tend to be humorous was not as comfortable with some of the more serious aspects of it during the writing. But a great thing about writing is you can go back and you can keep editing it until you get it right. So I spent a lot of time trying to capture the correct mix between the funny and the serious and tried to limit what might disturb readers to only a few incidents.
1: Do you have any idea who you think would be the ideal reader for A Better Heart? I think anybody who
0: likes literary fiction should enjoy this book. It's fast paced. It has a lot of dialogue. It's very scene based. I think it's very cinematic. I think it could appeal to certainly high school age readers all the way through the most sophisticated adult reader.
1: If you were to compare A Better Heart with any other, what would that other book be?
0: Well, you know, that's a tough question. I tried to think of it and I tried to focus on books about animals, but nothing really came to mind. I think I would compare it in style to writers like Tom Parada, who is well known for Election and Little Children, or John Irving, of course, who's well known for The World According to Garp and A Prayer for Owen Meany. I think writers, including Kurt Vonnegut, who I admire quite a lot, people who have written in a very commercial vein, but with a literary style. I think more so than a particular book, it's more of a particular style that I think it can be compared to, and those would be the authors I would choose.
1: Kevin Stacy, your central character, is caught up in his father's story, along with The Stolen Monkey. Does his story end here, or will he or any of your other characters come back in a sequel?
0: I suspect that it ends here. I mean, the Novel has a definitive ending, but the characters are still alive and things could happen. I could see some of these characters coming back as supporting characters in another novel.
1: I kind of got the feeling while I was researching for today that maybe there is some tension between father and son. Is that so?
0: Oh, there's a lot of tension between the father and son, particularly around issues of abandonment. The father pursued a career in Hollywood in which he was not successful, but he was never around for the son. And the son certainly has resented that and carried that resentment into their adult relationship.
1: So who does the monkey belong to, father or son?
0: Well, he's a little bit of both, but he starts off the father's responsibility and eventually becomes the son's.
1: You've written another book, The Revolving Heart. While these two books are not related, will your next book also have the word heart in the title?
0: I suspect that it won't. It's really, it really was not my intention to write books with the heart in the title. The original title for A Better Heart was Exit 23, but I didn't think it was very descriptive. In the novel, there is an animal sanctuary called A Better Heart. And as I was writing that chapter, it became apparent that that was probably the best title for the novel.
1: Just off the cuff. What would you like to say to our audience about animal rights?
0: I would ask people to consider their relationship with non-human species and keep at the top of their mind the idea of respect and kindness, that non-humans also deserve our respect and they deserve our kindness.
1: Talking about A Better Heart, which came to you first, the characters or the plot?
0: The plot? came first in that I knew I wanted to write about animal rights and I knew it would feature an animal that had been subject to experimentation. So I had that idea and I began drafting, I'd say about three chapters of a novel that I eventually abandoned. When I revisited the idea, the character of Kevin and particularly his voice, it is a first-person narrative, his voice came into my mind and I began to build the story that is now a better heart. So it started with a plot idea, morphed into a character, and then the two kind of came together to become the novel that eventually I finished.
1: Tell us a little bit about animal experimentation for those of us who really don't understand what goes on.
0: Well, I should specify that the novel is set in 1999, so it is set in the past. And happily, there have been a lot of improvements and a lot of laws that have passed to protect and both eliminate unnecessary animal testing. So the situation is a lot better now than it was in 1999. However, there are still experiments that are conducted in which primates as well as dogs such as beagles are subject to isolation, are subject to fear-inducing events to measure their nervous system. Ultimately, when you think about animal experimentation, a lot of people think, well, if it's gonna save human life, then it's worth it, even if the animals do go through terrible experiences. Now, we could argue that question Either way, but what I would say when you really look at most of the experiments that are done, they are completely unnecessary and serve no greater scientific purpose, particularly now with computer models available there's almost no reason to conduct experiments on animals anymore.
1: I have to concur with that wholeheartedly, because I think there's nothing more cruel in the world than subjecting something else that's living to unnecessary cruelty. And I am an animal lover. And trust me, PETA is my favorite place to donate money to because of that very reason. So what would you say sets a better heart apart from others in the same genre?
0: I think what sets it apart is its focus on character. And it's focus on moral choice, right? So I'm giving characters moral choices and I'm giving them those choices in a funny and engaging way.
1: Okay. Did you leave a moral or maybe a message in a better heart for your readers?
0: I think the message would be pretty clear to anyone who reads it is one that I'm suggesting we need to treat animals with the respect and kindness that they deserve, that we should realize they have their own emotional lives, they have their own interior lives, they form family bonds. They are essentially us with different languages. And once you accept that, you realize that some of the things that we subject them to are really not acceptable.
1: Very well said. So Chuck, what has been the most rewarding experience for you since publishing your book? I
0: received a blurb from Ingrid Newkirk. You happen to mention PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. She is the founder of PETA. And she was happy to read the novel and to offer some comments and support. She praised it for its views on animal rights, noting that they were presented in a realistic and not preachy way. But she also said that it was a great novel to read, even a great beach novel, which was exactly what I was hoping to do. I didn't want to write a philosophy book. There are others who can do that a lot better than I can, but hopefully I can tell a story that keeps the reader engaged.
1: Chuck, even as a child, were you a storyteller and did you always want to be a writer?
0: I always had an active imagination with a lot of imaginary friends. I used to put on plays with my stuffed animals. So I'm not a storyteller in that if you sat next to me at a party, I'd probably be quiet the entire time. And you'd think this guy has nothing to say. But in my mind, I do have stories to tell. And as you grow older, you can't really keep playing with your stuffed toys and putting on plays with them. At least you can't if you want people to take you seriously. So writing became the way that I could continue to tell stories. It's just very satisfying. It's probably the most important aspect of my life.
1: Well, you do have a great sense of humor. And I take it that your book brings a lot of that out. So you've taken a very serious subject and shed some light on it. So thank you. You have a website titled The Daily Vonnegut. What is your fascination with Kurt Vonnegut?
0: Well, when I was about 20, I was going through a very dark time in my life, and a friend gave me a copy of Kurt Vonnegut's book of stories, Welcome to the Monkey House. I read those stories, and they improved my mood immensely, and not to be dramatic, gave me a reason to live at that particular moment in my life. By the end of that summer, I had read everything that Vonnegut had written to date, which was most of his books. He was still alive at the time, but he still had two books that he would write. He just became a person that I became interested in. And that same friend and I had a project where we would come up with different Kurt Vonnegut trivia questions. The initial idea of the daily Vonnegut, hence the term daily was that I would post a new trivia question every day that soon became unsustainable, but it over time morphed into a website in which I talked to people about their work in regard to Kurt Vonnegut's work. So I've spoken to filmmakers who have made documentaries about Kurt Vonnegut, scholars who study his work. I've spoken with directors of plays based on his work. And it's really been a great experience to get to know all these people who are in the extended Vonnegut universe. And I have to say, everybody that I contact and talk to about Vonnegut with is extremely friendly, extremely open. It is a good group of people who support Vonnegut. Sometimes I ask why, and I think it comes back to what Vonnegut Himself often said, What was you need to be kind, and I really respect and resonate with that within his work.
1: Absolutely. So, are you going to be writing a book about him?
0: I am actually, I'm under contract at the moment to write a book that will combine some essays that I've written along with the interviews that I've done. So, that is due in August and hopefully will be published in 2023.
1: Congratulations! So, now Thank you. Will you please read a short excerpt from A Better Heart for us?
0: I'd be happy to, Linda. Thank you. In film school, they warned us that everyone we meet will offer suggestions on how to improve our scripts. Family members, hairstylists, the technicians at Jiffy Lube, the high school kid behind the counter at the pharmacy. The moment someone hears that you're working on a screenplay, an idea will be offered, unsolicited advice given. This rule, I now learn, also applies to monkeys. Henry's notes are simple. When I step into the kitchen for something to eat, he grabs the first few pages of the new scene and rips them from top to bottom. With sandwich in hand, I return to find a half day's work scattered like yellow confetti on the floor, Henry happily chewing on page three. Stupid monkey, I yell, waving my fist, and Henry cowers as if I've struck him with a whip. His cry is a soft, pitiful, meek, meek, and as he runs off to hide in the nook between the cabinet and the wall, I see the bald spot on the back of his skull, a patchwork of scabs dotting his skin. Hey, I'm sorry, I tell him, scooping up the remnants of the torn up scene, but that was a lot of work, and I didn't make a copy. You can't just rip up someone's script. He curls feet alike, covering his eyes with his tiny palms. My father isn't home, so it's just the two of us. I grab some popcorn from the cupboard and offer him some, but he won't look up, won't stop trembling in a ball against the wall, a stream of urine leaking from his diaper, pooling at his feet. According to Mike's cop friend, seven capuchin monkeys disappeared from a lab in Utah three months ago. It was a big story out West, but never made it to the New York market. I hadn't heard of it, though if I had, I would have paid no attention relying on Veronica for current events or simply ignoring everything except my film. The shaved scalp and scars suggest Henry is one of the missing seven. For confirmation, we'd need to check the roof of his mouth where labs tattoo serial numbers to identify their property. I've yet to do this and doubt I ever will. Henry is one of the seven, I can feel it. The question is, how did he wind up with my father and what are we going to do about it?
1: <laughs> okay. Um... That was hilarious, to put it mildly. I had to bite my tongue several times while you were reading to keep from laughing out loud. But on the other hand, I could feel my heart beating for uh, this poor little monkey who... Wasn't used to being yelled at, didn't know what to do when that happened, and your heart just goes out to him. So you did a phenomenal job of blending those two, and now I've just got to know. Where can we learn more about you, about your other book, and where can we purchase A Better Heart?
0: Well, the best place to go is the website, which you already mentioned, The Daily Vonnegut. So The Daily, so T-H-E-D-A-N. I-L-Y. And of course, Vonnegut, the last name of Kurt Vonnegut, which is spelled dot tcom So the daily com, you will find a link that's all about me and you can purchase the books on the website.
1: We've been talking with Chuck O'Galo, author of A Better Heart. Chuck, thank you so much for sharing A Better Heart with us. You've written a story about animal rights that informs and entertains rather than preaches, and a lot of our listeners are going to want to read it. When you publish your next book, will you please come back and chat with us again?
0: I certainly will, Linda, and I appreciate your kind words. Thank you.
1: A heartbreaking yet comic family drama, A Better Heart examines the human-animal bond and the bonds between fathers and sons, challenging readers to explore their beliefs about the treatment of non-human species. If you want to learn more, Please go to thedailyvonnegut.com and order your copy of Chuck's book today. And when you finish reading, don't forget to post your review. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with their author. And remember, the author show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on major platforms such as Amazon Fire TV, the Roku Channel, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books theauthorshow.com is a really great place to start
0: thanks for listening to the author show find out more about authors and their work at The Authorshow.com. tune in next time to another great author on the author show